Hey sisters, oh, you're going to love this conversation with Shauna. She has dropped so many nuggets of truth from just what it looks like to be completely in the mind drama obsession of drinking, from denial to having just the perfect clarity, from not being able to see her daughter to reunification and now building a new relationship. Have your clinics ready at the end. Uh, just bless my heart, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute, girl. Get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, so glad to have a guest on today, Shauna. I am looking forward to hearing her story of what life was like before drinking and her alcohol-free journey and uh, what kind of what she's up to now. So thanks for agreeing to have a conversation with me. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So yeah, uh, I just like to share um in just these celebrations and this conversation with many women that uh, are on different journeys of alcohol free. So start with kind of where you are now with how long has it been uh, an alcohol free journey for you? Where are you sitting these days? Um, in two weeks, I'll have 18 months, 18 months. October 14th, 2019 was my sober date. I know that's one of those dates we just don't forget, do we? <laughs> Absolutely it's not. Even more than someone, our family birthday or anniversary, like that's just huge. Exactly. Exactly. It was life changing. Uh huh. Well, awesome. Well, I want to hear about that. So if you could take me back, you know, a little bit before you came to the place where you hit this, you know, this beautiful October 14th date. What did life look like and, and what, what did this daily process look like for you? Uh, well, you know, I was never um, a huge drinker. I didn't grow up in a home with any sort of alcohol issues with my parents. Um, I believe my grandparents may have a little bit back in the day type of a thing, but nothing, you know, very functioning, I guess I should say. But um, so I was never a real big drinker. And in 2005, I was, had been divorced for two years. I'm sorry, had been divorced for five years. I had, we had two children that we were sharing 50-50 custody with. And my um, ex-husband wanted to move away to be with his uh, future wife. And he wanted to take the kids, which, you know, needless to say, wasn't going to work for me. And they were, um, they were eight and 13 at the time. And so... 
um, a custody battle started and it lasted for five years. And so I didn't have an attorney. Um, he did. So I was going to court and fighting it all on my own. We were in court over, gosh, I don't know, 30 something times. So that's when my drinking started. And it was kind of ironic because here he was trying to prove me as an unfit mom so that he could take the children. When in reality, I really wasn't before all of that started. And then I eventually became one with my drinking because of all the accusations and everything that was going on. Um, fortunately, the times that the children were with me, they did not see me intoxicated. Um, the minute they were picked up by their dad, I was probably hammered by the time they hit the street because I just, I couldn't cope. I, mean, I was a mom. I had two children. My children were my world and um, I didn't have them anymore. And so it was, whew, it was, it was very difficult to say the least. Um, but that I, I, I still functioned. I still had a place to live. I still had rooms for them. I still had a job, all those types of things. Unfortunately, um, because of my drinking, I was able to get all the good things, but then they would never last very long. You know, you can only call in sick so many times. Um, the flu doesn't last four days. Generally, my hangovers started to. Um, I had gastric bypass back in 1986 when I was 17. And from what I'm learning now is that there is a high, um, a high correlation between gastric bypass surgery and um, alcoholism. Um, a lot of the people that have gone through it say that it's maybe like a, an addiction transfer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have a different mindset on it only because I had my surgery in 86 and I didn't start really drinking until you know, mid 2000s. So I, I don't know that it, that was necessarily the case. But I do know that when you've had gastric bypass, you do get intoxicated much faster. Um, your blood alcohol level can be, you know, three times the legal limit after two beers where if you hadn't had the surgery, that's not necessarily going to be the case. So it's definitely something of concern. And um, I've actually had two friends that have passed away from alcoholism that both had the same surgery. So it's definitely an issue out there. Um, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that because that's huge. It is. It that's really is a huge it, conversation. And I will definitely be, um, I'm going to be diving into that research. Mm -hmm. There's actually some Facebook groups that um, like transfer addiction after weight loss surgery, those types of things. And it's the similarities are just unbelievable. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's a very interesting thing. So that, you know, I just, I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of things against me that, you know, definitely didn't help the situation with my drinking. So it just continued to get worse and worse. Um, I met my, my current husband in 2009 and then at that time, I definitely was drinking too much, but I still had it, you know, quote unquote, under control. And approximately in 2000 and let's see, maybe 2015, um, my daughter decided she didn't want to be a part of my life anymore. And then the drinking got even worse. And the worse that my drinking got, the worse I was texting her and crying and, you know, doing all the dumb things that we do when we're drunk. And 
So it was kind of a, you know, the worse it got, the worse I drank or the more I drank, the worse she would not talk to me, the more she would not talk to me, the more I drank. I mean, it was just, it became this vicious cycle. And um, so honestly, I am one of those people that if I'm on a diet and I cheat one day, I'm just done. Like I'm very black or white. If I, you know, there's that expression about if you get one flat tire, don't shoot the other three tires, you know, <laughs> don't pull it in the other three. Mm-hmm. And I just do that. I either have to do something like 100% or just not do it at all. But for me to do something like in the middle, I just, I don't do well with that. And as far as what brought me to October 14th, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I, uh, had lost a job, another job. Mm-hmm. I had a husband who told me that he loved me very much, but that the alcohol was going to kill us, our marriage. Um, he kept telling me that the alcohol was going to kill me. And even though I'd had a few friends that have died from alcoholism, I was like, no, it's not, you know, just like complete denial. Like mm-hmm. he would hold up the bottle of rum and he'd be like, Shauna, this stuff is going to kill you. And I'm like, Oh, please. You know, it's not, that doesn't happen to somebody, you know, my age or, you know, it just denial, full on Mm -hmm. denial. Um, He had started suggesting a few times that I had a problem with alcohol. And I was like, no, I do not. Um, He would get angry at me and he would call me an alcoholic, which would just completely send me into a tailspin because alcoholics don't, don't, have jobs or they don't, you know what I mean? They're not functioning. And although I wasn't as functioning as I thought I was, I definitely wasn't like living in a back alley anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would drink, I would become very emotional and I wasn't necessarily a mean drunk, but I would become very emotional and my husband and I would argue. And quite a few times the police would get called. So they were at my house a few times. Um, I would post stuff on Facebook, how much I hated my husband, how much I wanted to get divorced, you know, and then of course there's the next morning where you wake up and you see all these things that you've posted and have to go back and clean out your stuff, even though by that point it's usually too late, everybody has seen it. And so it was, I think about two days before I had gotten pretty drunk and I posted on Facebook that I wanted to kill my husband and the police showed up obviously. And, um, I just remember being on the couch and I was just drunk as could be. And this police officer just standing above me and just, I, I couldn't point him out now if I saw him, but just the look on his face, I just looked up at him and something, something, happened. I don't know what it was, but something snapped in me that said, this can't go on anymore. You just cannot keep doing this. And so the next morning I had received a message from a friend of mine's mom, who my friend had passed away two years um, ago from alcohol. And she told me that she's starting to see a lot of my behavior in, in her daughter or, you know, my, yeah, that I was starting to behave a lot like her daughter did towards Mm -hmm. the end. And she was very concerned about me. And had I considered going to AA? And I told her that that morning when I woke up, I really thought maybe, maybe it wouldn't hurt to check it out. And 
I was very familiar with what the programs were all about. Um, I had gone with some friends over the years, that type of thing. So I was completely, you know, familiar with what it was all about. And so the next day they had a women's meeting. And so I went and that was October 14th. And I have not had a drop of alcohol since then. And that is not normally something I, I'm not a good follow through or follow, you know, mm-hmm. when I start something, I don't tend to finish a lot. I'm very ADD. I get sidetracked. I start something else. Um, so for me to have actually quit drinking and not have any type of a slip up is pretty f- amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's not my normal character. I'm not a very type A, you know, analytical type person. I, it was just time. Yeah. And, it, and had you told me a week before that I had a drinking problem or that I was an alcoholic, um, I would have absolutely said no way. And I did have a problem with alcohol, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't like to use the term alcoholic. Um, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes, but I don't sit there on a daily basis and, and you know, say, hi, my name's Shauna. I used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I'm a cigarette holic or whatever. I've heard that before. Exactly. Yeah. We don't name these things, do we? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, I went to AA every day. I did 90 meetings in 90 days. I hated it. I, um, I just never felt comfortable there. I never envisioned myself staying there the rest of my life. And, you know, I was telling my mom, mom, I can't visualize myself going to an AA meeting once a week or every day or or whatever for the rest of my life. And she said, Shauna, you, could you envisioned yourself sitting in a bar the rest of your life? And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I just, I, I, I just did not want to be one of those not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just did not want to be one of those people that are sitting in an AA meeting 30 years down the road, still saying, you know, hi, my name's Sean and I'm an alcoholic and, and rehashing all these horrible things that brought them there. And so, but I knew I couldn't stop going because I had my family and my husband and everybody watching me with them, you know, magnifying glass. So after um, I hit my 90 days, I got my 90 day chip and it was about day 92 that I just woke up and I just decided I did not want to do AA any longer. I didn't want to drink and I didn't want to backpedal at all. And I knew I still needed some work, but I just didn't want to do it the AA anymore, AA way anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's totally okay. Everybody has a different path that gets them to where they need to be, whether it's, you know, AA, smart recovery, you know, hypnotism, whatever. There's so many different ways and there's no wrong or right way to do it. It's what's going to work best for you. You know, same thing with dieting that there's a million different ways to get to where you need to go or need to be rather. So I looked into smart recovery. I got the workbook. I went to one zoom meeting and then I never, I just didn't go back. Um, I think a lot of my recovery was just giving myself that 90 days to see, um, what it felt like to be alcohol free again. I had forgot it had Mm -hmm. been 15 years and I didn't remember what it felt like to not be 
drunk or hungover. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much of my life was focused around drinking. You know, if we're going to go to breakfast, we make sure that it's a breakfast place that serves Bloody Marys. Uh, if we're going to go to a concert, we got to make sure that they have, you know, great drink specials. If you go to dinner, the first thing you do is order a drink. You go to a friend's barbecue, you know, that's what can we bring to drink? It was every single thing in my life involved drinking. And I didn't realize it because it's so hard to see when you're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So that 90 days of just really putting myself and my focus into AA gave me the opportunity to physically feel better for the, for the smoke to clear, you know, to finally realize that, oh my gosh, I really do have or did have a huge problem. So um, yeah, I've just never looked back. And I know, I know that's not everybody's story. And I never in a million years would have thought it would have been mine. Yeah. Well, I want to highlight a couple of things and then we'll kind of look, we'll look forward. So um, thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful um, journey of the process that you went through and just the reality of how we can allow drinking to, especially in stressful seasons of life, begin to ramp up and take over. And it's just like this battle we have going on inside, inside of our own story and inside of our own lives, the mental obsession. And then I believe everybody comes to a point at where that is their bottom, whatever that bottom looks, looks like. And, you know, I could see you, like I could feel my heart just like, you know, beating and I could just feel the emotion of visualizing you sitting on this couch with this officer standing over you and just this, the realness of that picture of like, why am I here? You know, Mm -hmm. if I do not make some changes, this is not going to end well. And I think that it just takes that, that type of leverage and, um, you know, our, everyone's look, just like you said, everyone's journey looks different. Um, some people do have experience with AA short-term, long-term other programs. I, I talk about it on the podcast. I've, I tried several different things. Um, uh-huh. and, but AA is definitely one of those that I feel like, you know, there's people in that program that they take on a service role and that's great. But to think about uh-huh. being in something that long, And I also do not agree with, for me, I do not identify as alcoholic. And I know some, that immediately was kind of just weird for me because Uh my identity is in Christ. And so I know who I am based on who God is and how he created me. And that's the identity I want to carry throughout my life. And so it's a matter of what do we do with this, this new clarity, this new time, this realizing like, wow you know, there's so much more to my life than drinking. And it is, like you said, I love how you said, um, like when the storm clears or the clouds clear, you're like, oh my gosh, I was obsessed. And there was so mental, that mind drama. I did the same thing. You know, somebody invited me to a wedding. I want to make sure there was an open bar, you know, uh-huh. like I need uh-huh. to strategize, you know, how, like we, um, we're going to Uber or my husband, you know, yeah, guy, he's gonna drive home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I'm not, I'm not trying to not drink if there's an open bar. Right. And same kind of uh-huh. thing. I would always uh-huh. strategize. So, 
Yeah, we can always find, that's why I love these conversations, because we can always share stories and see little pieces and parts of our own journey, which is super cool. It helps us to feel part of a, a community and a family and not feel alone. And that's why we have these conversations. So take me from, you're like, all right, I'm done with alcohol. Um, you know, my brain's clear and I don't feel like I need to go. And I will say too, I can totally relate to the all or nothing kind of mindset. I used to be that way too. Either I'm all in or I'm not same thing. I had, you know, I said, Oh, I'm going to do on this diet and I mess up and I would just, it would snowball from there. But since uh -huh. I have had uh -huh. growth and you can kind of share with me now and the uh, life you're living now, and I want to hear about your, your new adventures coming up, but I have learned that, yes, that's my tendency, but with my own personal growth now, I can really, what I've learned is where can I do the most, uh, healthy choices in the most amount of time? I used to derail on the weekends, like, oh, well, we had Friday night pizza. Well, forget it. I might as well just do whatever. And it's like, but no, enjoy the pizza. Maybe recognize that, you know, that was because of convenience or stress or whatever, but get back on board the next morning. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's helped me on my journey. And most of it is giving myself grace and, mm -hmm. and, and just the mindfulness of it. So, mm -hmm. um, and it was the same way with alcohol, you know, same thing. Well, I didn't, man, I didn't drink for three or four days. And then all of a sudden, so you might as well just keep on, you know, I think we all get like that it, at some point. Exactly. And I think one of the, I belong to quite a few um, Facebook recovery groups and sometimes, and I don't want this to sound like boastful or anything like that, but sometimes when you hear these, these women or people in general that are still struggling so bad, I want to like just shake them and say, you guys, we are making, I believe as humans, we make this so much more difficult than it needs to be. Um, the whole powerless over alcohol, I get that concept, but I wanted to have the power over alcohol. I just live by a model, a model, a motto of do not drink no matter what. You know, I, I don't care if my, dog died or I get in a car accident or I lose my job, do not drink. Just do not drink no matter what. And it's such a huge problem and there's so much bad that comes out of it. And really, if you were to look at it and you just realize, holy smokes, all of this, every single one of these problems, the family, the physical, the everything could just poof, disappear if you just don't drink. And it seems so simple, and a lot of people would say, but it's not. But it, to me, it feels like it really is. Just mm -hmm. don't pick up that glass. Don't pick up that bottle. And give it a chance to give yourself a chance to see what your life is going to do and how your life is going to change by just not doing it. You know, I've always told myself in six months, if life was that terrible and that horrible, alcohol will still be there, you know? Um, it, mm. it to me, I don't know. It's crazy because I never would have thought when I was in the throes of it that, oh, it's just so easy. Don't drink. But it really is just that simple. Mm. Oh, I love that. It's going to be there. And that's a good point. It's like, you know, if there's somebody listening that's struggling here, just like, okay, how about this? And I say this a lot. Just how about 
we just say, you know what, let's just put it to this side. I would even say, you know, 30, 60 days, just, just see what happens. And I will say that, you know, life is life, no matter what it, the circumstances Mm -hmm. are going to come, they're going to go. We get to choose how we look at it. I believe in absolute, I want, I want to be empowered. I am empowered. Alcohol does Mm -hmm. not have any power over me and it would not be beneficial for me to, to really label myself to be that weak because then it would continue to have power. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, I do see it too. I see that. And I love the program Celebrate Recovery. And, but they, they, they name it a little bit differently because at the end of the day, like, mm-hmm. you know, for me as a believer, like, of course I'm weak be, because I can use God's strength and that's, he's what comes through me, but then it allows me to be strong. I don't just walk around being weak. You know, I think mm-hmm. the, the powering part is great. And then Mm -hmm. just really, I I get it. When you see those people in those communities, it's like, but what I see too is I see a lot of pain. I see a lot of hurt. I see that they, they're still battling the whole, I can't imagine life without it. You know, they don't want it. They don't want to feel their feelings and they're going to have to get to their officer standing over them moment or like myself, my bathtub, you know, in tears, surrender moment, like, that's what it takes. And it, the thing is what I like to share and hope that I can help people with is just, you know, don't wait too long, you know, don't wait till you have a heart attack or don't wait till you have a, you know, a DUI that you, you hurt someone else or, you know, something extremely traumatic. Don't, you know, today is the day always. I am so grateful every day that my story did not end in um, a DUI, which is completely by the grace of God, because as we all are probably guilty of, there's been times that I drove that absolutely I should not have been behind the wheel. And just thank God that I did not harm somebody else or myself or, you know, the DUI, the, the, the jail part of it, the fine part of it, all that type of stuff, that's nothing the, um, you know, killing the family because you decided to drive to the liquor store for another bottle that that's the part that in one second, your whole life can completely change for the better or for the worse. And so I'm just very grateful that I, that I stopped. I mean, I trust me, I did a lot of damage, but, um, nothing to the point that wasn't reversible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That hits home really close right now. Cause, uh, um, I spoke about this a few weeks ago, but there's a, there was a gentleman in the community here that I knew that great guy. Awesome. He made a choice one night. I read it and read it on the internet. He decided to drive drunk and killed two adults that were backing mm-hmm. in their driveway. And I knew it. I said, in that moment, everything has changed. Everything, Absolutely. you know, yep. these people's families. Second. So it's, um, it's real and it's continuing to happen. So, well, let's celebrate you. So now how has this new outlook really served you and tell me about kind of what's happening in your life now and moving forward? Oh gosh. Um, I, I, you know, they talk about the pink cloud, that euphoric feeling that you get, um, when you become sober and, Mine was, uh, mine was like hot pink fuchsia, like hello. And 
it it started within gosh maybe two or three days after not drinking i just the the you know the shakes and the dry heaves and all that stuff wore off and all of a sudden it was like life was in color and i i just i I can't even explain it gosh it's like um it just all of a sudden i felt physically good and i had clarity and i had drive and it came very it came very quickly um i had was talking to somebody that had mentioned a a at-home job that they do and i started asking more questions about it and i looked into the schooling for it and i talked to my husband about it and i signed up for the schooling and it's funny because just the other day I looked to see when I had signed up for that and it was like October, October the 20th. So I had like six days sober when I decided I was going to go this direction and signed up for the schooling, which, you know, was not in, was not cheap. So that just like goes to show how quickly my mental state changed, how much it just that euphoric feeling of, wow, this is wonderful came about. So I went, um, I started going through the schooling, um, every day life just became better and better. Um, just within myself, I woke up, I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't feel regretful. I wouldn't feel, I don't gag when I brush my teeth anymore. I mean, I just thought that that was normal. Like my life had become normal that every day when I brushed my teeth, I would gag and um that wasn't happening anymore at all in fact i haven't had it happen one time um and i would just find myself like walking down the hallway and all of a sudden i would just like get giddy and like skip or hop or just like clap my hands or i can't even explain the feeling but it i will tell you one thing there is absolutely absolutely not one thing in a bottle that would make me feel the way that sobriety has and I know that sounds cliche because I've always heard of people saying how wonderful um, being in recovery is or not, you know, not poisoning yourself with toxins anymore. But until you actually give yourself the chance to experience it, it's something that you can't even, you just can't even explain. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely been, um, you know, life, like you said, life happens. There's been life that's happened, but it was going to happen regardless but I've been able to be there for it. I've been able to be present for it. Um, So yeah, so I finished this program. I started this business that I'm doing at home, which has been ideal with COVID and whatnot. Um, My husband and I also started um, like a direct sales business selling jewelry. So we've been doing that together. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, being partners with your husband in a business some days has its moments when you're establishing what your roles are going to be in the business. Uh, one thing I've definitely found is that when we do argue, my my point is a lot more holds a lot more credibility because I am sober for whatever that's mm-hmm. worth. Yeah, uh, you know, before it was just shut up, Shauna, you're drunk. Just go to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning. But now he listens to me because he he hears what I'm having to say because he knows that it's coming from a sober mind, that my words are actually feelings and, and legitimate, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're trusted and respected now because it's you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we, um, so we have the two businesses going, which has been amazing. Um, back in November of 2020, my, 
sister had reached out to my daughter. Um, several people had reached out to her over the last five years because it's been that long since we've spoke and, you know, tried to get her to, to be willing to speak with me. And it was no, 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 I'm not ready. Um, in November, she said, okay, you know, maybe this can be considered, but I don't want to talk about anything from the past. And I was like, that totally works for me. <laughs> I don't want to talk about any of that. And so on December the 4th, my mom and my sisters flew out to Idaho and I reunited with my daughter. It's <laughs> beautiful. And it's just been, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. I've been able to meet the love of her life. I've been able to meet the love of her life's family. Um, we talk every day. Um, it, it, you know, it. I know that we're probably like every mother and daughter. She's 26, so she's, you know, finding herself and, and all that type of stuff. Um, we're going to have probably some issues down the road, but at least they'll be done with a sober mind. And um, it, it almost feels like we never skipped a beat, even though it's been five years since I've actually been able to give her a hug or talk to her. It's uh, it just feels like it was yesterday that we that we hadn't talked. I don't know. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. So long story short, my husband and I are moving in three weeks to Idaho and my daughter and I are going to be probably about 10 minutes apart from each other. So needless to say, none of this, absolutely none of this would be happening had I decided, had I not decided to quit drinking. Wow. It, yeah. Every woman is like totally crying in their car right now. <laughs> what a beautiful story of restoration, man. <sighs> I, I feel very fortunate. I also have a son who's 23. I do feel very fortunate in that while my children would see me, you know, if we were at a barbecue or whatever, you know, mom having a drink or whatever, but my, thank God, my children never had to experience coming home from school and seeing me drunk passed out on the couch or yeah. not being able to get them to school because I was hungover. Um, they never got to experience, or thank God, never had to experience stuff like that because their dad had ultimately won the court case. Um, not even anything to do with my drinking because it never even came up. Yeah. And when he started the, the process of trying to take them, I didn't have an issue. So bottom line is that my kids did not have to go through that. Thank God. So there's not a lot of um, issues behind that. But um, my son stuck by my side through this whole thing. And I don't, I don't want to say my daughter didn't stick by my side. She had her reasons for separating herself. Yeah. Protection, I think, self-preservation on her part. Sure. Well, and that's the beauty of allowing yourself to let that light in, let that, that skipping and clapping and feeling the joy because we have to allow it in and then allowing ourselves to walk through the journey, whatever it looks like, whether it is, you know, someone that is there, someone that has been distant and just, you know, letting, just letting our pride down and being vulnerable and reconnecting. And that's, it's just, that's the beauty of life. And so many people, they stop the breakthrough from happening 
because they have a wall up or they're choosing to not let that light in. So, you know, I celebrate you for allowing the process to take place and being patient and not shutting down and just being open and ready when she was ready. So, yeah, I want to just kind of, kind of end on that. Uh, that's beautiful. And this, is there anything else that before we go, sometimes I like to even ask, you know, if there's a woman listening that's just like at this point, she's totally wiping her eyes from the tears of the story of you moving and being so close to your daughter. But is there anything you would say to someone listening that is still in the process of drinking? She knows that she's struggling. Um, that might be sort of your personal encouragement to her before we go. What I would say is kind of what I said earlier, just pick a second or pick a day and just stop. Just don't pick up a drink no matter what. And just give yourself the opportunity, give yourself the chance to even have a couple of weeks of not feeling horrible and the money that you save and the the pride that that you will gain just give yourself that chance even if it's just for a week start with the week don't tell yourself you're never going to be able to drink again because the thought of never being able to drink again is terrible that sucks like i'm never gonna be able to go wine tasting with my friends again i'm never gonna just give yourself the opportunity to just not drink and give yourself the chance to feel better. And eventually you will become hooked on that feeling of, of feeling better and the good things that are going to happen. One thing I heard in the beginning that really stuck with me is do not give up before the promises start to happen. And it, that just stuck with me. And it, when they weren't happening as fast as I thought, because it was almost, I had over a year when my daughter, before my daughter finally opened up to talking with me, yeah. I was getting impatient, but I never thought, okay, well, this isn't happening. I'm going to go back to drinking because that sure in the heck wasn't going to make it happen. Mm. Um, I just had to trust the process and trust that eventually it would happen. Hope that it would happen. So yes, just just do it. I mean, I know that sounds so simple, but it really is. It really, really is. As easy as it is to choose to go to the store and get that bottle of wine, it's just as easy to choose not to. It's just all up to you. It's just all up to you. Any program, <clears throat> excuse me, any program of recovery is going to work for you. Whether it's, you know, whatever path you choose is going to work for you if you have the mindset to let it work, just like a diet. Yep. You know, Weight Watchers will work for you. Keto will work for you. Any diet will work for you if you choose to let it work for you. And it's the same thing with drinking. You just have to tell yourself that you are not going to drink no matter what. And just let it happen. Let the miracles happen. Let the miracles happen day by day. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I know this has, it's, I've, it's blessed my heart. So I know it is blessing um, the others listening. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. 
I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.